0: Welcome to the Open Petri podcast for yet another episode. Fantastic to have you uh, listening along. So thanks for tuning in. The event space is something I haven't really talked about uh, very much in the eighty or ninety episodes that I've had. So I feel very, um, I feel very guilty about that until today, where I'm very, very privileged to talk to Nicole Santa, the co-CEO and co-founder of Event Buzz Three Hundred and Sixty here in Australia. Nicole, so great to meet you. How are you?
1: And you? Ah, yes, I'm great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on your show. Hey. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know what? It is a lot of episodes. It, it's um, the podcast has been going for about two or three years, but um, I've I've taped probably about forty podcasts since um, since the start of COVID. So it's um, wow. It's been an effort, but it's it's a, good, it's a good effort. Thank you. Um, So let's talk about how you started in your career because events are so, is is an amazing part of the hospitality and tourism industry, but probably not one that people, you know, probably first think of, right? They think of bars or hotels or restaurants and and that kind of stuff, but events are so important and people are missing it now. So how did you, how did you start out in your career?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, actually I was kind of born into it. My parents had a catering business and mm-hmm. my grand with my grandparents. So, you know, when I was born, uh, I think my bassinet was on the floor of the kitchen and uh, <laughs> my parents were going off doing weddings. <laughs> so, um, it's kind of really funny cause I sort of didn't plan to say, Oh, I want to be, you know, an events organizer or anything like yeah. that. I, I had didn't even know that that was actually a role, mm. uh, until, a you know, a lot later. Um, So, and there was obviously no university degrees or anything like that. When I started out, um, there really wasn't much education at all. It was more like, you know, if you want to do it, just go do it. So people sort of entered the industry from being florists or being, you know, um, in the theatre and stuff like that. So that's kind of how the industry kind of evolved and, you know, um, for me, I just sort of woke up one day having one of these aha moments thinking, oh, you know what? I think I could be really good at organising events mm-hmm. and um, and just decided that that's what I wanted to do. And I had been working in um, lots of different industries before that. So I was working for like Japanese local government in London and I worked oh, wow. for, Um, Barclays Bank so completely different to where I am kind of now Mm -hmm. I mean I was working in foreign exchange which is completely different to being (laughs) in a creative industry (laughs) but um, my parents thought look yeah go into banking that will be a great career for you Mm -hmm. so I went into that stock markets and all sorts of things and I kind of went that way but then I decided later on um, that I wanted to work with my parents so I worked with my parents for a little bit and then we sort of didn't really have the same vision um, of where we kind of wanted to go. So I said, well, how about I'm going to leave and start my own events business and you can keep going with your catering business and um, <laughs> away <Wow>. we go. <laughs> wow. So I kind of started it with no clients, no money, no nothing, and just went out there and, you know, uh, went out there and got my own first clients and then it sort of kind of grew from there.
0: Wow. Can you? That must have been a big thing for you to leave, the security of your parents' catering business and just go and do an events business. Like that must have be been a big, a big first step for you to make.
1: Um, you know what? When you think about it now in hindsight, yeah. probably it was. But at the time <laughs> I thought, no, nah, I can do this. Yeah. And I think when you're young, you kind of think that you're a bit unstoppable and you can True. do anything you want. You've mm. got this no barriers to entry. You can you can make it brilliant and you can make it the way you want. So you kind of have this naivety um, uh, non-reality kind of way of doing things. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, even the young ones today, they're exactly the same. They just go out there and, you know what, well, let's start a startup. Let's do this. Let's do think differently. Yeah. And I think that's great. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if you think about things too too quickly or too long, too you long, spend all yeah. this time thinking and planning and will I do, should I do, maybe I should. I had a two-year-old and I was going to do and I started the business. So, wow. you know, I just I just decided that from one day to the next, let's just make this happen. And I think if you think about it for too long, your brain talks yourself out of it and you don't end up doing it. So yeah. you kind of just got to take that leap of faith and, and hope for the best, you know, we don't yeah. know what the future is, but we kind of think, well, maybe it's just give it a go, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. There's always a there's always a reason why you shouldn't do something, but that shouldn't always be the reason to hold you back from doing something. So, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Well, can you remember your first client and your first event?
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You never forget your first client. (laughs) Um, No. So, (laughs) yes, uh, my first client was an awards dinner for women in business. And there was 500 people. And here I am. I had never done an event before and I've got an event for 500 people and it's an awards night. Now, uh, anyone who's ever done an awards awards night, it's not an easy task because there's, you know lots of awards and lots of people coming up and the whole bit. So, you know, it just wasn't easy. And I thought to myself, oh, boy, holy, holy moly, how the hell am I going to put this event together? And so I turned to my husband, who's a management consultant, and I said to him, do you have any idea how I should go about putting this event together? And he goes, of course, yes, let's develop an events methodology. And I thought, what the hell's a network methodology? I don't even know what that is. And uh, let me tell you, Sean, I mean, it was just hilarious. Um, he developed this events methodology over the kitchen table and I thought, that makes it so easy. This is fantastic. I can do this. Right. And I've been using that events methodology now for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> and I've just put it into an online course. So uh, which teaches people how to go from, you know, the initial concept right through to the event on the day and after and post event so that they have the tools in order to organize the event. And I give everyone like the tools and the spreadsheets and the questions and everything Mm -hmm. that they need to be asking and thinking about when they're putting on an event. Mm -hmm. And I feel that this is really going to help the industry as well because Once you go now to university and you spend two or three years studying event management, you still come out with no knowledge or no knowledge of how to go about putting an event together. Absolutely. Um, And it's very much I I find that even some of the big event companies don't have this events methodology and, you know, they all want it, (laughs) which is quite incredible. So it's quite good. So I've developed that into a course and, yeah, well done to him. Yay!
0: (laughs) I, when, so, I, when I asked you that, I thought you might tell me something, something a bit smaller than a 500 person awards dinner. Like, how did you, how did you come from a standing start to, do, to get a 500 people awards dinner? Like, did you know someone who was connected to that, if I can ask you?
1: No, it was a cold call. I mean, back really? in those days, you, you went through the, you know, the yellow pages yeah. to find companies pick yep. up the phone and you you just picked up the phone and you made. hey said hey look this is what i do can i help you and you know it's the luck of the draw and somebody goes yeah actually we do need some help <laughs> we're looking to do this and we haven't got someone to help us would you be interested and i go yay um wow. so it's like it's it was luck of the draw and look you know it's it sounds like it's easy or it's magical or it happens but it it I just think you just have to take one step at a time. You, you get out there with your concept and just, you know, push the pavement, you yeah,
0: know? Yeah. And just Listen do to it. feedback and change and evolve it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then you'll get another event and then another event, and then people start referring you as well, and it just
0: kind
1: yeah. of match. And then, you know, for, my, for me in my career, I, I end up working with uh, companies like LinkedIn and Amazon and wow. Harvey Norman, Australia Post. And I did events up to about 7,000. In fact, when we went through the GFC in, I think, what was that, 2008?
0: 2008, yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, all of a sudden, everyone started doing smaller events because of, you know, the GFC. Yeah. And like they were doing, instead of doing a 500-people event, they were doing, you know, a 100 or 200-people event, mm. probably what we were going to see after COVID as well. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even know the venues for small events because I only ever did big events. Right. So I had to kind of really, you know, do some research on smaller events, <laughs> or venues, sorry, venues, uh, yeah. because I just didn't know. Them. Yeah. Um, you just, and I think that's what we're going to see after COVID as well. I think people are going to be doing smaller events, but more of them. Right. And they're going to be more well, like a hybrid event i think we're going to see you know face-to-face but also people are going to think about their events in a in a different way moving forward they're going to think well how can we use virtual how can we use face-to-face how can we um, connect with them before the co- before the event and conference or the party or whatever it might be and during and afterwards so it's going to be a more holistic approach to events moving forward yeah, yeah. i think is going to be Uh, a good thing, you know, I think it's going to be a good thing. And then as time goes on, we'll get back to the bigger events, but they're going to look slightly different.
0: You sort of stole the thunder pump for my next question, which was around how do you think they're going to change? Like I've even noticed this, um, uh, this podcast, um, podcast event in America, which is currently taking place. And obviously that's all virtual at the moment, which is, and they're leading to obviously uh, a friend of uh, a friend of mine told me about it to, to tap into it. And do you think virtual events is sort of the way it's going to go for the next foreseeable future until people feel, um, feel comfortable? Or do you, do you think, you know, it's just going to be certain States in certain countries, which are going to be able to do, um, events because they will have lesser outbreaks of coronavirus
1: i think it's going to be a little bit fragmented in the beginning because i think mm-hmm. some like like sydney for example is not going through COVID like melbourne's going through COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we're allowed to go out when you know and you're on complete lockdown yes so i think each state and each country is going to um evolve in a slightly different way depending on on how they've you know um, gone through the COVID and how financially, um, you know, these small businesses have suffered and, and, and how they're going to recover. Yes. Um, and I think that we're going to see a lot of the big corporates going to look at, you know, these virtual and hybrid events and how can we bring, but it's not going to be all bad. So don't like, you like, don't we can think of it in a, in a slightly different way. Like even if we're doing a virtual events, you know, now they've quickly moved. All these companies of technology has moved so quickly in the last few months and since we've been going through COVID.
0: Absolutely. And virtual
1: events have, have gone through the roof. Um, they've been working night and day to, to make all this happen for people so they don't have to cancel their events. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot more um, live streaming of events. We're going to have speakers internationally, you know, coming in via live streaming and mm. um also going to see that even in our private events so you know for wedding ceremonies we're going to see live streaming we're going Mm -hmm. to see them for funerals we're going to see it for everything so i think life as we know it is going to sort of really open up and that technology is going to be used in a lots of different ways you could think of it if you think about um, the retail sector and the retail sector went through this omni-channel Mm. sort of mentality and I think we're going to see the same when it comes to events. We're going to see this omni-channel way of interacting and um, it's going to be touching on lots and lots of different things yeah. moving forward. Um, I know that also in the exhibitions area of, of events, they're doing very much like this virtual world where you can actually walk through as an avatar and have go up to somebody and have a conversation. Right. Um, so it's kind of kind of gamif- gamification of mm-hmm. the exhibition halls, which I think is going to be quite interesting moving forward. It means that someone doesn't have to get on a plane necessarily to go to a, an exhibition or a conference. They can do it from their home, and it. And some people will go to the conference depending on their time and their availability and whether they can travel. So, you know, I think it's going to really be a hybrid lifestyle of events moving forward. And I think that's not a bad thing because, you know, if I wanted to go to a major conference in the US, maybe it's, you know, I don't have the time and it's, but it's a really big conference. And I'd Mm. really like to go. Maybe I decide to do it through a virtual reality way. Um, and other events where it's maybe Sydney and Melbourne, I'll jump on a plane and I'll go and I'll be face-to-face. Yep. Face. So yep. people will be able to pick and choose what they can or what they don't want to do. And I think when it comes to, you know, the private events, the weddings, I think people are going to be able to do similar things. But mm. I think that the, you know, destination weddings and um, uh, private events and, and co- comf- uh, corporate events, they're still going to be, you know, they're still going to happen. Face to face will never go away because face to face is the best. And we all want the face to face. We all are dying to go to the cafe and have catch up with our friends. We're dying to go out for dinner. We're, you know, it's like the movie theatre. The movie theatre was never going to go out of fashion because mm. we've got television and we've got, um, you know, videos and stuff. live streaming mm-hmm. stuff. We're still going to do that because it's a social outlet and people whilst you might meet them through the telephone or through the zoom meeting face to face it it always just it trumps it all the time yeah face to face will never go away
0: Mm. so many questions based off your answer there um my my first one is do you think there's a type of event which doesn't lend itself to any kind of virtual um part of that event are there some that you, some that you just think from your experience in the industry for 20 years that virtual's really not going to work if that's a presentation of a, a person doing a keynote speak or or something like that do you think do you, do you think virtual or avatars or gamification is going to have a space at every single event that's out there
1: no i do not well yes and no i mean you certainly can adapt any event to to the virtual world, you know, if you think of an awards night or a fashion show, mm. um, absolutely you can And the conference. Um, product launches, you definitely can as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, probably birthday parties, I would say probably yes. not so yes. much mm-hmm. um, because that's really your, your friends. Uh, mm. But certainly weddings, I think you can definitely, mm. um, you know, instead of flying, you know, to a destination wedding, you can actually... You know, bring a virtual world to that, and you can kind of also bring live streaming to that, so that people can feel that they they saw the wedding even if they weren't there. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, and I think that they've also been doing that with funerals. I mean, they've been mm-hmm. doing that before COVID. I've I've known that some some um, funeral parlors have got live streaming for very larger uh, event uh, funerals that they yes. can't everyone can't attend. Yes. So of you can actually live stream things like that. But I think, yeah, going forward, um, to answer your question, I think there are probably some and it will definitely come down to the dollars that you've got for yeah. your event, which mm-hmm. way is more cost-effective for you to run your event. Um, so I think that that's probably what they're going to consider when they're putting on their event going forward. Um, is it is it cost-effective for us to bring out the speaker or can we still keep him in... You know, get that speaker, but instead of using, you know, putting them on a you know business class flight, we can do it virtually, and it may be just as good. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've got so many questions in my head now. Do you think this is? I I, I think we're going to see different different staging of events, a bit like um, a bit like what restaurants are going to go through. So, you know, we just talked about omni-channel there. In restaurants, you'll have an in-restaurant experience, you'll be able to pick up, you'll be able to take away, you'll have a a grocery store slash bodega, you'll have um, take-home kits. um, um, All these kind of different levels of experience now with food. Um, Events will be um, obviously very similar. As we just said, do you think that the actual in-person experience has to be amplified in events, much like an in restaurant experience will have to be amplified for actually people to want to spend the dollars and go and see a keynote speaker or go to a um, a big trade expo or even go to a concert if they start, you know, live streaming concerts or comedy or something like that. Do you think that's going to be important for, you know, event operators and people... At those events, who are the keynotes to to make sure they can deliver on experience that is completely different? I, from before.
1: Yeah, I think even pre COVID, I think the event experience is the most important part of the event. Creating the the kind of the unexpected wow factors is what creates a wow event, and it will have people talking about your event past you know post your event. So what you want to do when you're creating anything, whether it be a birthday party or whether it be, you know, a wedding or a, or a corporate event, you kind of have to look at it from the eyes of the attendees. What do you want them to see, smell, think, do, go? You have to guide them through and you have to make sure, like you ha- you can't just say, oh, I'm going to have people come over for dinner and they go to the fridge and get the food out. You yeah. kind of have to help them. You have to look after them. Mm. You have to treat them how you want them to feel. Mm. So it's, you know, you have to think about events in that way rather than just saying, I'm going to put on an event and I'm going to get a DJ and everyone's going to dance. Now, is your crowd going to get up and dance? Maybe your crowd's too old and don't like to dance. They want to listen and talk and the music's going to upset them. So you've got to think about your audience and you've got to think about the experience that they're going to have at your event. Um, And so you really want to think about the event in um, from the attendees point of view and also how you want them to feel. You know, if you want them to feel excited and it's, maybe it's a product launch and maybe they're on their way and maybe you need to have a nice sign you're almost here and get mm. them excited before they're, all, before they're walking in the door. Or maybe in the toilets you have a little sign, like a little speech bubble with some, ni- some nice words on it, you know, yeah. and they go, oh, that's really special. So it's really about thinking about the audience and how do you want the audience to walk away um remembering your event Mm -hmm. so i think definitely the the experience of the attendee whether it be a private or a a corporate event you have to think about that and from the moment they arrive like you know you don't want them turning up at the airport going oh someone's supposed to meet me here but i don't see anybody and i can't see any signs going Mm -hmm. well where are they Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and someone stands in the corner and, you know, you don't know that that person's for you and you're thinking, well, you know, oh, you, you need to take people by the hand and you need to guide them every step of the play- way through their event um, so that they know, oh, it's so super organised, it's so slick, you know, and, you know, even if it's a private event, you know, yes. when you go to an event, the very first thing you do is you look around the room and you decide oh, okay. Do I feel comfortable? Okay. What am I supposed to do? Who do I know? Who can I go and talk to? But if somebody came up to you and said, hi, welcome. Instantly, as soon as you walked in, you go, oh, and you felt quite at at ease instantly. Mm. And then if somebody said to you, hey, Sean, can I introduce you to John? And you go, oh, John, what do you do? And then you, you feel comfortable immediately, even though you're just meeting John for the very first time. But They've looked after you and they've met you. They've taken you on a journey instantly to meet somebody and you're there to meet somebody and you want to make new connections. So they've connected you to John and then you meet John and John says, well, do you know, Tim <laughs> and, 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 and Carol. <laughs> so then all of a sudden you start meeting new people and you're feeling yeah. really more comfortable. And then, you know, then you go, oh, let's all go to the bar and get a drink and then there's food coming around and you're yeah. feeling very comfortable. And then there's maybe some really, really cool entertainment that's got you really, you know, mesmerised. So you're really building each step and each experience as you go through the journey of the event. So you, that's what I would suggest.
0: <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you concerned with the fragmentation of events moving forward that people will lose the opportunity to know how to have a conversation face-to-face? And the reason why I ask that is in many roles that I've had over the 20-odd years that I've been in hospitality, recruitment has been a major part of what I've done at certain brands. And I've noticed, and this isn't just because I'm getting older, I've noticed that recruiting people and the element of interview is so much harder now than it was when I was recruiting people when I was 20, 21. Um, Just because the face-to-face conversation isn't as taught or driven or, or, or seeming to be um, a talent as it used to be. Like, are, are you concerned with the fragmentation of events and that, what you just displayed there, that sort of first five minutes or 10 minutes of awkwardness at an event where you don't know anyone, but then you do and then you talk to a couple of people and then you have a glass of champagne and then you're good. With less of that happening and more of it becoming in virtual events, are you concerned that the art of conversation will be slightly lost?
1: Not really. I think I think people will get back into the bandwagon and how they were before post-COVID. I think people are dying to kind of get back into life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will kind of definitely just sort of, you know, be a distant memory. And I think that this whole period is going to be a bit of a distant memory for a lot of people once we get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a... Um, a melanoma I had a I had cancer for a bit and it was a very serious melanoma I'm sorry to hear
0: that
1: and you know and you go through um, the operation then you go through chemo um, and you you get through it and anyone who has had anything like you know breast cancer or whatever it is might what yeah. they might have had mm-hmm. you go through a period of it and hopefully with with good fortune and good luck you get past it and then you got to get back onto life And you you spend your time, when you're going through that period, you spend your time going off to the chemo ward, going through the chemo, and it becomes your whole life for that period. And then when you get to the end of that period, you have to say, well, that was then, but this is now, and I don't have cancer now. I've got to get on with life. I've got to get back to living my life. Mm -hmm. And I think the same with COVID. It's kind of like this you know, horrible thing that we're all kind of going through and some worse than others. Some people have lost their lives over, which is, you know, very, very sad um, and upsetting to many, many people and many families. Um, I think But post-COVID, I think we're all just going to have to just draw a line in the sand and go, that was then, now let's get on with our life and Mm -hmm. move forward. So I think that, yeah. Mm.
0: Do you think... There's certain parts of the event space that won't come back and probably the one that's probably closest in my mind is do you think we'll have, you know, stadiums full of 30, 40, 50, 60, 100,000 people for big-scale concerts and events moving forward? Do you think it's just a a gap of time? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll all come back in its droves. I think people want to get to the football field and watch their favourite team and Mm. I think people want to you know, go to those concerts because they love it and it's a bit of an outlet for them. Um, I think people are going to flock to the movies, flock to the restaurants. I think everyone's going to be flocking onto a plane and getting some, getting the hell out of here and um, just going somewhere else where they can just sort of zone out and, you know, in a, on a beautiful beach somewhere. Um, so I think definitely, I think we would definitely, uh, you know, and then shopping, you know, who wants to get on a plane and go somewhere you know, cool for, to go and do some shopping somewhere. I think I think life will get back to, to um, normal or the new normal, but I think we are going to see a, a difference in t- in terms of, you know, security and health checks as we go through. Much like 9-11, after 9-11, security levels kind of went up. Sure. Do people go to New York? Absolutely people go mm. to New York. Do people jump on a plane? Absolutely people jump on a plane still. Mm. So... You know, this is kind of the same kind of thing. I think we're just going to see, um, you know, it's slightly different. We're going to see a bit more health checks going on as we go through, you know, on, before we get on the plane. And, you know, we're going to make sure that we've had certain technical, uh, you know, certain, you know, um injections before we get on flights, sure. before we go places. You know, that's kind of going to be the new scenario. When we go into a stadium, yes, we might have our temperature checked before we walk in. Mm, we may casual. have to wear um, masks, masks going mm. in. Or we have, I've seen also these amazing, cool, um, clear sort of... Um, face mask that goes over the top of you like a sort of a shield for yes. um, mm-hmm. them recently come out as well. So there may be things like that that we might have to incorporate in our lifestyle uh, when we go into major events. But I think definitely uh, the big events are, will definitely come back. They're, they're big money spinners for, you know, the football fields and the, and the, and the teams and, um, we'll definitely see public events definitely come back like for example in Sydney we have um, the um, uh, what's it called the um, I've forgotten the name of it
0: <laughs>
1: the no, no, no. We have the, the light festival in Sydney. Um, oh,
0: yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I've forgotten the vivid, name. Before.
1: Vivid. vivid, vivid. You. Yes. Vivid. Sorry. <laughs> so that will come back. And, you know, the fun runs that we do, the city to surf and all that sort of stuff, they're all going to come back. Um, absolutely. You know, we, we have to get on. We have to not be afraid. We have to just get back on to, with life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, let's talk about events three hundred and sixty. Uh, Event Buzz 360. Sorry. Um, it's your baby. It's a really good platform. As I said to you before the podcast, it's um, really exciting. I think it's going to definitely change the game for um, events. Do you want to um, explain a bit about it and, and yeah. like try to do it?
1: Sure. So around the world, we organise about 30,000 business events and private events a day.
0: Mm, so, a day?
1: And a day. A day. Wow.
0: Okay. So
1: That's wow. a lot of events. That's and a lot it's of a, events. It's a Yeah, it's a $1.1 trillion industry globally. So that's a lot of money and a lot of events. Mm -hmm. And we, because I've been in events for 20 years, I just felt that there was never a platform that really um, showcased amazing event designs and ideas. Um, And I wanted to create a platform that suppliers can actually do an event and upload their photos straight away to showcase their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bit like sort of like the Instagram or the, you know, social media of yep. the events industry. So, you know, I wanted to take users on a journey inside the world's most spectacular corporate and pro- private events so mm-hmm. that they can see ideas on how they can create their own events or what entertainment they could use that really makes them go, oh, wow, that would be so good. I'd love to have that at my next event mm-hmm. and you know, or that speaker at my next next event. And there's just no platform that can actually do that. So I developed a free platform for suppliers to um, get on and um, create a profile for themselves. And then they can upload photos. They're not limited to a certain amount of photos. Yep. And we've got some really great initiatives that are going to be coming with EventBuzz 360. We hope that no matter where you are in the world, so if you're wanting to organise an event in Melbourne, you can find suppliers in Melbourne. If you're wanting to organise an event in Hong Kong, you can find suppliers in Hong Kong or in Italy or London or New York. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just one major platform and you just choose the location and the language if you're in Italy or whatever it is, um, and you can find your suppliers. Um, we've only just launched a couple of weeks ago and at the moment we've got about 70 suppliers already on the platform and we've got about 450 photos already uploaded and uh, about 5% at the moment are international. So not that many at the moment, but we're, you know, I've got a very big database of about (laughs) 20,000 to kind of get onto the platform and there's thousands more. So we're, we've got a bit of a, you know, a, a job ahead of us to get that yeah. happening. Yeah, um, We were going to bring venues onto the platform after we've got suppliers on. Yep. Um, but because of COVID, we want to really support the industry. So we decided to pivot and bring on jobs onto the platform. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really helpful to the events industry uh, as the you know, companies start to gear up for events, and events start to come back. They're going to need staff, and yes. there's a lot of people looking for work. Yeah, and we'll be able to match them in real time, which is going to be very, very exciting. Yeah, um, and then we've got um, a, you know lots and lots of other things that are initiatives that are going to come out as well early next year.
0: Yeah, it's ex- it's exciting because I think it's it's going to make um, like I've never planned an event. Um, myself but like i could imagine it's going to make looking to get suppliers and get people on board to do a really spectacular event uh, a lot easier so um i commend you for what you're doing i think it's a really great platform
1: thank you thank you very much i, I appreciate that all the feedback is always good <laughs> so, you know when people people take your idea and you go oh thank god somebody likes it but i've yes. had we've had really great feedback also from the industry which is Um, you know amazing like you know we've had top event companies ring up and you know say to me oh this is amazing what you've put together and you know we're so excited to be part of this and Mm -hmm. you know it's just such a great initiative so um we we want to support them and um people who are wanting to put on an event, whether it be their birthday party and they need a cake and they need balloons and they need entertainment and they need a venue. So mm-hmm. whatever it might be, um, little or small or big, you can get one thing, you can get many things, you know, sometimes you have five suppliers for a small event um, up to, you know, 50, 60, 70 suppliers. So just whatever you need. We've even got graphic designers on there. We've got, Um, writers, if somebody needs someone to write a speech. Oh, wow. um, We've got everything. So even advertising agencies, digital agencies. So there's a lot of people that, you know, get involved with events. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to make it, if you need, you know, staging or props built or anything like that, you can get it, costumes for entertainers on there. So there's a lot of different things that I'm sure people will find really useful if they're looking to create an amazing event.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. Um, Nicole, my last question before I let you go, um, as I've been asking all my guests the last couple of um, couple of podcasts, is what are you looking forward to the most coming out of COVID? What are you looking forward to that you were doing before or that you can't do at the moment that you are looking forward to again?
1: Um, events. I think, you know, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I did a really big one at the end of last year and for 1,500 people. and. Wow. And we had, I think we had about 200 staff at that event and 80 volunteers, actually. So it was an amazing event. And, you know, even though I'm moving, I'm kind of going to be moving out of events, doing the events myself, I still love them. And, um, you know, I can't wait to go to fashion shows and, you know, just anything and everything. I just, you know, (laughs) love getting out there, dressing up, meeting people. And I think that's, you know fabulous you know you just kind of you know there's so many creative amazing uh event organizers out there doing such wonderful work so hopefully they all ring me up and say hey come to our event maybe maybe i can come to melbourne uh, Melbourne Cup down in uh, in down at the birdcage down there for Please. somebody. Can you
0: get me in? Um, it'd be awesome. Um,
1: yeah, you yeah. can come in an interview.
0: <laughs> I could do an open uh, open Patrick podcast live for everyone. It'd be great. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
1: Um, I look, at, you know, there's there's ama- lots of amazing things out there, and you know, there's just so many great amazing suppliers, and you know, I just think that there's just you know, I'm just looking forward to all of that you know getting to really get to know them on our Mm. platform as well Mm -hmm. um and you know i'm just looking forward to our platform soaring you know when people are out there and events have come back and they'll be able to do their events and upload their photos that's what i'm really looking forward to seeing all those events that they're doing and uploading their photos
0: yeah
1: um and you know Just get excited about life, you know. Just get excited about life again, you know.
0: It's that energy again, isn't it? It's a good thing.
1: It is. (laughs) It is. Like, you know, just, you just gotta, I know it's hard at the moment, but, you know, we won't, we won't actually kind of remember this time as we go on, you know. Uh, We will in the beginning because we'll feel quite sore about it all. And Mm. oh boy, remember 2020? It was a year that never happened.
0: Yes. Um,
1: But, you know, in the future, we're just gonna say, you know, 2021 will hit and we'll get through this and we'll get back onto life and, you know, we'll get our finances back on track and we'll just kind of, you know, go in the right direction. It's just got to take one step at a time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nicole, um, what's the best way that people can find out about Event Buzz 360 and what you're doing?
1: Yeah, they can um, check out our website. It's just eventbuzz360.com. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, they can send us an email at hello at eventbuzz360.com. We'd love to hear from anybody um, on anything. <laughs> so if we can help anybody on anything, we'd, we're happy to do that too. Um, even if you just want to say love the podcast, we, we love feedback too, so that's cool. great. <laughs> anything good anything good's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hopefully you'll um, hopefully you get a lot of good feedback about the podcast. So. Uh, Nicole, thanks for being a breath of fresh air today. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.